Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is now the fifth episode of the Gambling Couch Podcast. I'm here. Uh, I'm joined here, so I'm always by Feigenbaum. Uh, we have a special guest. We have Giovanni Senate, um, dear friend of mine. We watched game five, uh, game six together. Sorry, game five. That was game five. I'm an idiot. Game five, we yeah. just watched. We just watched uh, the second half of game five together, and what a fucking second half it was, Gio. You know where? You know where do you start with this game? What do you? What do you? What do you like about this game? I mean, the first half, it looked um, a bit rough on both sides, but I would say definitely starting out in the second half, we really flipped a switch and the offense started clicking a little bit. And then really just the defense really zoned in on a uh, on a relatively weak key team uh, through injuries and overall just weak performances. And the Celtics really took advantage of that. So it was nice to see. Yeah, it was. It was really, it was really fun to see the Celtics explode like that while keeping the heat at bay too. Um, there was one point in that run where we were up thirteen. Duncan Robinson had a three to cut it to ten, and Gio, Gio and I were just like, if that went in, that would have been a fucking problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to you, Feig. You know, everyone says that the Celtics won this game, and you know, we Gio and I watched the post game, you know, post game show after, and they're all saying that they always preface the heat by saying they're banged up um, and they're just a really you know tired team. What like you know how much how much of that is really the fact that they're banged up? Um, sorry, the Heat's performance. How much of that is the fact that they're actually banged up, or you know how well the Celtics played on both sides of the ball, mainly on defense? Uh, I mean, just from watching the Heat, I mean, like they're cooked. Like Celtics should win Game Six pretty easily. Um, but part of it too is like the Heat just like aren't really like that good. Like. They're very like there's there's not like that good of a team. Uh, I mean, Lowry is like clearly kind of hobbled, and I mean even at full strength, it's not like he's amazing. I mean, they need to rely on guys like Gabe Vincent, like Max Struess, and it's like, dude, this is the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, you gotta have a little bit more firepower. And I mean, the Celtics should win. I, I think that if the Celtics had just played. The Celtics tend to just shoot themselves in the foot more than anything. If they had just played like solid basketball, just like the whole series, not even like this doesn't even have to be amazing. Just like as long as it was average, they could have cooked the heat just purely just on a talent perspective. Yeah, no, they, they are clearly head and shoulders above heat, uh, above the heat at every position really too. You go one through five. Um, we really are better at all five positions. I guess you could say maybe Bam is better than Grant Williams right now. But honestly, the way Grant, the what you know, what Grant Williams is giving us is way more than what Bam is giving the Heat. Um, I think the Heat are injured to an extent, but I really don't think that you know all the post game shows and all the shows tomorrow are going to say the same thing. It's like, yeah, the Heat are tired and really banged up. Like you gotta, you gotta attribute this thing a little bit, and I think that might be a little biased by me, obviously. But you know, the Celtics defensively were were everywhere. You know, we were in passing lanes, we were uh, stripping guys, we were getting a lot of blocks. Rob will have three blocks tonight. It was, it was insane to watch. So I really feel like our defensive, um, I think our energy and our athleticism really took over. And I think the heat are tired and banged up. I don't, I think more tired than banged up. I mean, I know they're hurt, but they just looked dogged out there, man. They looked dogged every, you know, every possession on both sides. So it looked like they were fighting really hard on defense for not a lot of uh, result of offense. And that obviously, you know, how they played offensively, you can't get any momentum going. Fight what you got. Uh, this is also, like, similar to, like, what happened when Jimmy Butler and, like, the Heat were in the finals against the Lakers. I mean, Butler isn't, 
like he just plays really, really hard and he's able to elevate his game, but he's not like one of the top 10 to 15 offensive players in the league. So a lot of it's like a really physical style of play and he's shooting all these shots and he looks completely gassed right now. And that's just like really hard to rely on a guy like Jimmy Butler is your one. While I do like Jimmy like a lot, he's just, it's really hard because that's not really like, that's not really his role. Like if you're on a championship team, in my opinion. I agree. I think Lowry uh, was expected to have a bigger role on this team than he did. And, and I know he played well during the season, uh, but he just doesn't look like Kyle Lowry. Uh, I really like when he's on the floor as a Celtics fan because he does a lot of good things for the Celtics. Uh, missing shots, turnovers, flops, um, you know, defensive fucking liability. So I like when Lowry's on the floor and I like when Schroeder's on the floor because that man's ice cold. I just think that, you know, Jimmy as the one, like you said, is he's like a 1B, you know, or a 1C. Definitely not that 1A guy that you want to go to every time on the floor. I mean, when he's on, he's on, but he, you know, he's a little hobbled and you got to have a really solid second option and bam with Rob will playing. It's just not going to be that option. What do you got, Joe? Oh, well, I just, I completely agree with what you guys are saying on Jimmy Butler. And I also just wanted to point out just that, you know, he brings a really good mentality to any team that he goes to. And with that, you know, he's really brought this team, I think as far as he can take it, but, in order for the Heat really to go anywhere, he needs to put up like he did in, in game one, putting up like 40 points. Like they, they don't have enough offense as a team as it's constructed right now, especially with Lowry, in which the amount of money that you're paying him, you would expect him to put up um, near all-star type numbers, but he is he's not at that in this stage of his career. You can see that. And so overall, even though this Heat team, even though they're one seed and you know they've played well, they still have some clear weaknesses and the Celtics are a lot stronger overall. And you still need to give the Celtics the, the credit where it's due in that this, they are still a one seed. And even though they're hobbled, they don't just give the ball away. The Celtics still have to apply the pressure and um, everything that they do. So I think that the, the analysts and everybody should still give Celtics their props and not count this heat team out either. Cause they're saying that they're practically going to roll over, but, you know, there have been plenty of people that have said the teams are going to roll over and then they win the series. So, and uh, on top of it too, um, I mean, you can just like, in, like how you said how Jimmy Butler's never been like this type of player or he isn't at this stage. He really never has, like he's always been like a perfect two, but he can take that leadership role. Like unlike guys that are like definitely more talented than him. Um, but, like, this is where, like, and I know I keep getting into it with, like, Butts and Jordan and a couple of the guys, but it's, like, that's where I keep looking for, like, Tatum to take that next step. Like, his final five minutes was really, really poor basketball. And if he wants to be, like, among the top five guys in the league, he needs to, like, close out games there. Like, he can't keep having these inconsistencies when he's playing because that's, like, that's what we keep talking about. And I just like, I keep looking for it. I just don't know what's going to happen. So I know we've been back and forth with this all night and uh, you were calling, you know, we were, I was actually agreeing with you the other day that Tatum wasn't a dog when shit got tough. He fucking, you know, got soft and melted, but you know, he stepped up tonight, man. When the, when the Celtics went on that run, 
he hit some big shots. He had that um, the up and under layup on Struess, and then he hit that big uh, big corner three over out of bio. You know, and he also hit a couple other big big shots. He had the baseline shot. Um, he had a couple other ones that just really helped us keep the heat at bay. And some of them were dog fucking shots, man. He he took some tough shots. He hit some really tough shots uh, to keep us ahead and keep us with a very comfortable lead. So, you know, I know Max said, kept saying you fight during the game at a dog on the grill. And I think that's really funny, but um, I completely agree that Tate needs to get better at closing games. Uh, I think he needs to have, I think he needs to be able to score better in the ISO. Um, if Ime is going to run a straight ISO down the stretch, which I think is a horrible idea, then, you know, Tate needs to become a better ISO player. You know, he, when he can close, he's fucking phenomenal. We saw him close against the Bucks uh, in game six, I believe. He just went nuts for fucking 43 and just closed out every single game or closed out every single possession. Um, but he needs to be able to do that on a night in, night out basis. Uh, you know, and I think, I think Ime really needs to start running and keep running sets. People guys need to keep taking shots. You know, G and I talked about it during the game. There was really one, two, like a one minute stretch um, where the Heat or the Celtics got like four offensive rebounds. The Heat couldn't get a rebound. Um, and then the game was over after that one minute stretch. So, you know, if we, if they get a stop, they come down and get a bucket, you know, we might be looking at a different outcome or at least a, just a different game in general uh, going down the stretch. So I think the Celtics need a closer, um, whether it's Tatum or Brown, I don't really care, but I really want it to be Tatum because he's more talented and has a better ISO bag when it comes to creating his own shot. So, yeah, I mean, it was a great game. It was a phenomenal game to watch as a Celtics fan because we watched our two stars really turn it up. Um, and now we have a closeout game six at in at the garden in Boston guys. I mean, like Gio said, we, the analysts and the sports writers are already writing the heat off, but man, they, could they fucking scrap for one more game and force a game seven? I, I, what do you guys think? Um, I mean, as much as the, as much as the analysts are saying how the heat are, relatively like they're just so weak at this point and the Celtics should take care of business because they're so superior. They do have a point. I'm not going to lie. They do have a point. We are the the better team at, the, at right now. And yeah, I just, I really think that the Celtics have shown throughout this playoffs that they're a superior team. And with the quality of, of the teams that the Heat have faced so far, I mean, they haven't really matched, especially what the, the Celtics had to go through with the Bucks. So um honestly, I don't see them getting out of this and getting to a game seven. So yeah. I agree. I, I mean, the only thing that scares me is I feel like the Heat can scrap for one game and put up good numbers offensively. Um but overall the Celtics are the better team. They're the more dominant team, they're the more uh skilled team. They really should be able to close this game out at home. I mean, we really pieced it together last game down the stretch, and I think that momentum is going to carry over into this game. I see the Celtics getting off to an insanely hot start at the Garden, and I think they just hit cruise control, um, get away from the fucking ISOs and keep running sets, but just, you know, hit cruise control and, and cruise us, cruise our way into the NBA fucking finals. And I know, Gio, we sound spoiled saying we haven't been there in 12 years, but we haven't been there in 12 years, bro. And last time we should have won, Perkins got hurt. Shout out, Perk. So, if I do the Heat have a dog in this fight? I mean, it's still the playoffs. I mean, I, I really think the Celtics need to come out with the mentality that they have to win this game, have to be really focused, especially because all with all likelihood, they're probably going to be facing a Warriors team that's, like, pretty fresh. Like, they rotate all their players. They, they aren't really exhausted. And 
you know, the Celtics have been getting pretty beat up. There's guys in and out of the lineup and there's guys playing every day that are probably a little bit banged up themselves. So I think the Celtics probably win this game, I think, but they need to be really, really focused because if they're not, Spolster is a good enough coach to get his team motivated for one game. Yeah, the Heat also really capitalize on mistakes that the Celtics make. Uh, we saw in game three when the Celtics came out and fucking had a million turnovers. We saw what the Heat could do with that. So the Celtics really need to dial in for one more game, and I think they will. The, they do get a little um, they get a little break before the beginning of the finals if they win this, I believe. They don't play until June 2nd. So if they could close this out, you know, that gives them a bunch of days to, to really just collect themselves and prepare for the Warriors because their defensive game plan is going to have to be something fierce to stop Steph, Clay, and, um, and Wiggins right now and pool too. I was talking to you, the Warriors have four guys that can score the ball at a really good level. Uh, then they have a couple of role players that do a lot of good things too. Looney, obviously Draymond, and then uh, Moody too. Moses Moody off the bench has been big for the Warriors. So yeah, I think this series, hopeful, hopefully this series is going to be a fucking wild one. I know if I, you know, we can get into this for a little bit if you want. You think the Celtics have no fucking chance against the Warriors. You don't – do you not trust the defense? What is it? Dude, I just think the Warriors are just a cut above everyone else right now. They're – a lot of their just, like, chemistry with the team. They have their leaders. They have their role guys like Wiggins playing super good basketball right now. And honestly, I think you're starting to see Wiggins – kind of come into his own a little bit because he's found a place where he doesn't have to be the guy that he was like supposed to be. Like, I mean, he was supposed to be like the next LeBron. And so he can kind of take that back seat because he's not really that alpha guy and he can just like play defense, really good defender and like obviously good slasher and he can, he can hit a catch and shoot three. So, um, but I, like at the end of the day, like I just think the Warriors are just, there's just too much firepower, too much chemistry, and they're just never out of a game. And I feel like the Celtics have played way too inconsistent. Like, if they play the way they have against the Heat, against the Warriors, I think it's like a four- or five-game series. Weigh in, G. Weigh in. Okay, so I agree that they have a lot of chemistry, and they also have a lot of firepower. But I think that we were also able to see, especially in the Grizzlies series, that they got beat out by like 40 points. And they showed that they didn't even really belong to be on the court on that game without jaw. So with that, and I think the amount of turnovers that they also allow, like they turn the ball over a lot. And with that, the Celtics also turn turn the other team over a lot. So I could see that being very advantageous for the Celtics. And with that, um, really negating the firepower in a way. And I think that we also match up relatively well with the Warriors. I mean, every team is going to struggle, but I think um, at the end of the day, the Celtics defense they've shown through facing the Bucks and Giannis, facing KD and Kyrie, and now facing this cohesive Heat team that the Warriors is a new task, but definitely not something that they, that they can't get over. I think it really comes down to if the Celtics defense can transition to a game plan where now you're like all over the fucking perimeter and all over the court chasing guys compared to more of a, 
you know, the Bucks series was uh, obviously superstar show. Same with the Nets series. You know, this series is a little different. It's a little more team basketball, a little more of a team defense uh, approach to the game. So I, I'm just wondering how the Celtics defense can um, or will drop something like a game plan or anything like that to obviously hunt the Warriors because you're definitely going to need something. It's just whether Ime has the has the bag to to you know draw it up and really execute it. I don't know if the players can execute it, but that's my only fear is that the Warriors are just going to light us up from three um, if we can't you know adjust our game plan to paying attention to all the shooters that are running around the perimeters. I mean, I'd say one of the most interesting things for me is looking at the matchup on the other side, the Warriors' defense against the Celtics' offense. I feel like at times, like in this series against the Heat, when they've had opportunities to expand leads uh, or take advantage, like get into the game, they haven't been able to because of just so many inconsistencies on offense, whether you have like Tatum or Smart turning the ball over, like just little things like that, and it accumulates. And when you have a competent team, they'll expand the lead and put you away. So I'll be curious to see. I don't know what the matchups would be, but I would assume Draymond's got to be on Draymond's got to be on Tatum, and <clears throat> Clay's got to be on Jalen. So, but I don't know. I'm just like curious. I, I'd be really, really excited to see how the series would unfold, but. I don't know. I got my Warriors in that series, man. I know, I know. When you you've, you've talked about your sports teams before, whether you bounce around from the Knicks, whether it's the Warriors. I know you were in the Bay when they went nah, crazy. No, nah, no, nah, so. nah. I, I like. I would definitely root. I mean, like, I would definitely root for them. I mean, if they lose, whatever it is, what it is. But I just, from pure basketball take, I do think the Warriors are going to beat the Celtics. I think the Warriors are so fun to watch, man. I've always said this from 2016 to now. The basketball they play. <coughs> excuse me, is unlike anything uh, I've ever seen. They completely changed the way the game is played uh, and will be coached forever. So, you know, can the Warriors, you know, continue their dynasty into the 2020s? And, you know, does, does Clay, uh, Steph, and Dre have nine more lives? We'll see. You know, is Wiggins becoming a superstar? We'll see. But, you know, I think the Celtics are someone that are, are a team that, you really can't overlook. And I feel like a lot of guys are going to be coming into this thinking the Warriors can smack or are going to smack them based on the way they've been playing. Um, I definitely think the Celtics come in as a dog in this series, but man, they're going to fight fucking hard. They are, they are a bunch of dogs. If Tatum can really just close out this game six, man, it's, we're going to be a fucking tough team to beat, man. And especially with home court too, uh, where the higher seats will have home court throughout the series, which is, I think it's going to be big for us um, because it's East coast, West coast, obviously I think playing on the East coast, is more difficult to play on the West Coast, in my opinion. Um, and the Garden hasn't seen a final since 2010, so that place is going to be fucking rocking. So, yeah, no, that was a great discussion, fellas. Uh, we rec- we recapped Game 5 of the Celtics Heat on, obviously, a lot of good things there, and we previewed a possible finals matchup with the Celtics Warriors. So, Giovanni, thank you for coming on, my man. Do you have any words for the people? Uh, no, no, this was a great experience, and, hey, hopefully I'll be back later. Yeah, you'll definitely be back on, G, for sure, to (laughs) hopefully recap Game 6 in a very positive light. Um, When we come back, we're going to go over our full cards. We're actually going to get into some gambling. I know this is a gambling podcast, but we had to talk about that Game 5. So when we come back, we're going to go into our cards that absolutely fucking schmacked. Um, So, yeah, we'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. We are back to go over our cards the other day that, Fig, I mean, Holy shit! Did they fucking smack, dude? We went. You went. You had a perfect five and zero, oh, man. You had Rangers. Uh, no, I was not. I had the Padres a, I, that lost. 
The Padres lost. The Padres lost. They had oh, a lead. Oh shit! Even like the fifth or sixth inning, they lost. I thought I saw that too. I thought they were. I thought they were uh, in control of that game. Must have fallen asleep. But actually, you know what? I wasn't falling asleep. I was watching the fucking Mets game, man. How wild was that? You had that over. I mean, both yeah. teams and a little, single... and a little shout out, little shout out to uh, oh yeah, my live bet call. That was big. It's too bad. I mean, kind of a good thing they didn't have money line, but plus two and a half at plus four forty nine, dude. And I had money on that. And I had money on plus three and a half also, and I had on on the over. So I just hit it every which way. I I cashed out on the over. I cashed out on that as well. Feig literally texts us in the top of the eighth or it's mid, it was it's eight like mid to seven. four. I think it was mid seven. It was eight to four. Five goes, the Mets are going to win this fucking game. And I'm like, all right, like let's fucking ride. And they uh, put, put up seven runs in the eighth inning. They went up three and it was mayhem. A Jock Peterson tied on three run shot. Mets went up 12, 11 in the top. And then the uh, giants walked it off in the bottom of the ninth to win 13 to 12. So that over single-handedly was cashed by both teams. Can't even be uh, mad at that game. No, you like can't. Wild. It was a great I mean, game. Peter, it was so fun Jock to watch. Had, Jock had probably one of the greatest games like ever. I mean, he yeah. had what I think three home runs and eight, I think seven eight RBIs. Eight, yeah, eight or six, eight, seven or eight RBIs. Something seven or eight RBIs. He also had the game tying hit. He was yep. like four for six. I so mean, you dude, uh, keeps... you cash your play. You cash your mortal lock with the Rays money line. Uh, McClanahan got it done. You lost the Padres, but we both cashed the over two fifteen and a half. In the Warriors and Mavericks game, we said if the Mavericks can put up points, you know this over this uh, this over is going to cash, and that's exactly what happened. As you came out, he, he did. Good. He showed up. So I believe I Kleba and Bartons played well as well. Yes, they looked a lot more confident um, on their home floor. I know they just played a game on their home floor, but they just for whatever whatever reason took a fuck it mentality and uh, stepped out there and had a game. So I went four and one as well. I lost. The Mets money line. I mean, and I just kind of went over what a heartbreaker it was, but fuck that bitch hurt a lot. Uh, cash Rangers money line. That was my lock. So therefore, our mortal lock parlay cashes on the first week of the first podcast. So I like to hear. Um, I had Dodgers run line that smacked. They put up like fucking fourteen runs or some wild shit, and then also cashed the over. Mavericks put up points. The Warriors fall behind. Uh, they hit some huge threes down the stretch that like just made this over, not a doubt. I was a little worried for a minute, but you know, the Warriors bunch uh, cashed a lot of threes that helped us out. So that moves us into the day that this pod is being released. We're recording this at 1228 AM actually on Thursday, May 26th. So Fi, why don't you run down your card for Thursday, May 26th? All right. So starting with NBA, I'm going to take the Mavs plus seven. And I'm going to take over 215 and a half. Yeah, we have 215 and a half right now. For NHL, I'm going to take Carolina money line minus 160. And then I've got two MLB plays. One, I'm going Braves money line minus 120. Uh, I just think Nola is kind of just like past the pitcher he has been. And I think this line is reflecting that. Kyle Wright has actually been pitching really well for the Braves. And I think they're starting to hit a little bit more and starting to find their own with a Phillies team that isn't great at pitching. And I'm also going to go A's minus 125 against the Rangers. They've got Frankie Montas on the mound. I don't think Martin Perez is actually that good. He's been pitching to a 1-6-4 ERA. 
And I think the line also reflects that there's a little doubt in his early, early season success. So those are my five picks. Love them all. As a rider, I'm obligated to take every single one of the picks. That's just the rider mentality. Thanks. Uh, shout out PMT. I don't want to get fucking copyrighted. Um, with that being said, my first play over eight and a half in the Cubs Reds game. Um, both bats been pretty active this series. They've uh, both teams been putting up a lot of runs. I know today's total was only six, but both are probably seven actually. Sorry, but both bats have been pretty hot. Um, both teams have been hitting the ball well against these shitty ass pitchers. Um, and you know, and I think the same goes for tomorrow. They have Steele on the mound for the Cubs, uh, who's one and four pitching a three eight two, and then Green on the pump on the bump for the Reds, uh, who's one and six pitching a five four nine. I think the Cubs can really take advantage of this guy. Um, I would also lean the Cubs money line minus one twenty. My second play, Red Sox money line. I think they light up Keiko tomorrow. Uh, he's two and four, the six six. Uh, we got watch on the or walk on the mound. Uh, three and zero, one seven six. He's been pitching well, so I think those Sox bats can light up Keiko tomorrow after not really doing anything tonight. Uh, my next play is going to be Hurricanes money line in the NHL. They don't lose at home. It's they just they just don't lose at home and don't win on the road. So as long as they can keep the higher seed, they they have game sevens locked. Um, so I also like the spread here, the, the puck line minus one and a half. Listen, these games, man, they haven't really been one goal games. I know the first game was decided in overtime. Um, but still, you know, we have two, nothing Carolina, uh, two, one Carolina, two, nothing Carolina, three, one Rangers, four, one Rangers. So, you know, these games aren't being decided by one, uh, goal usually. So I really like the, I like the, I like the puck line here. You get good plus money on it. And um, I think the Hurricanes can can beat them pretty good at home. And then my final play. Oh, no, that is it. I'm sorry. That is my card. Those are our cards. No NBA? Oh, sorry. Completely forgot the NBA. Over. Overs club on this one. Um, over 215 and a half. I think the Mavs are going to put up points again. It's that simple. Uh, I think they have a little confidence after last game. And what is the best thing for a fucking shooter to have is confidence. So I think the shooters have confidence. I think they can put up points tomorrow. And obviously the Warriors will follow. Um, I could also see this getting to like 232, honestly. Um, I think both teams put up an offensive clinic tomorrow. I think this total is just too low. With that being said, those are our our final cards for Thursday, May 26th. Uh, I know we didn't do a lot in this pod, but... You know, we talked for a while about the um, about the Heat Celtics game five, uh, then previewed a possible finals matchup. We went over our cards from last time, went over our cards for today. Uh, yeah, that was, I think that was a great pod. Five, you got anything to say? Uh, yeah, just one thing. So I know you don't have an official pick on it, but if you had a lean, do you think the Mavs are covering the number on the road or do you think the Warriors blow them out? I think the Mavericks cover the number on the road. Like I said, I think they have a lot of confidence right now after, uh, you know, putting a good beating on the Warriors at home. I think they come into this game looking to put up a lot of points. And realistically, if it's going to be a shootout, I obviously can't pick against the Warriors, but if it's going to be a shootout, seven points is a lot. Uh, I could see a couple bullshit threes at the end, or I could just see the Mavericks hanging with them all game and then the Warriors winning on free throws. But I think it's going to be a phenomenal game. I think it's way closer than the spread reflects. No, I'd agree. I was just kind of curious. Just, I don't know. It seems like the Warriors, even if they lost this game, like sky's not falling. You know, it's kind of just like, okay, like 
we're gonna win in game six. You know what I mean? But they yeah, can like dial it in like that. It, it's like they just they they have they've just done it for so long. Yeah, and like we just saw the other night, no one was really dialed in for that game. Um, people were taking yeah. plays off. Curry was sitting forever. You know, when you're down twenty in a playoff game, you're you know you're never really resting your your starters unless you can just know uh, and say to yourself, all right, we can take this game off. Let's go win the next one at home. So I think they'll dial it in, but I think I think the game is just not a seven point game. You know, I think it's one of those things where the Mavericks can win the game or the Warriors can win by 20. But I, in my eyes, I think the Mavericks are much, uh, much closer than the spread suggests. And I think if they hit their shots, too, I think it'll like they haven't really had an issue. They've been able to kind of go to chat with them if they hit their shots. It's just they've gone cold right. just for long periods of time. But uh, I'm rooting for I'm hoping the Mavs win because. Mavs win, then it goes back to Dallas. It gets like really interesting. It gets scary. It gets very scary yeah. for the Warriors. Um, you know, also what's big here is going to be rest for the Celtics. If if the Warriors lose tomorrow night, oh, yeah, it's going back to Dallas. Celtics get an extra night of rest on the Warriors. So, you know, it, that that could be really big. That could be really big. Um, I think the Mavericks could get it done. I might sprinkle a little on the money line just because, and I think everyone's going to be like, oh, Warriors got this, Warriors got this, Warriors got this. They're going to overlook the Mavericks. Mavericks are going to come out and put up a fucking dogfight, and I think they're going to win the basketball game. I think they're going to win this basketball game five. Dude, I, I think Completely too, flipped. I've completely flipped. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously winning the series, probably not going to happen. But, like, even if somehow the Mavericks take it to, like, a game six or a game seven, you can still feel like Luca's elevation to taking this team's farther and farther in the playoffs and it's steps and he's still super young. And I think it'll be interesting, even if they don't win the series, their projection for next year, the year after and the next 10 years. Yeah. They're absolutely going to be a team to watch in the future uh, as they only grow from, you know, like a media standpoint and as a basketball team and as players, uh, Brunson's developing into a phenomenal player, but I think that the fact that the Mavericks are winning again could draw some uh, people to want to come play with Luca. I think they can attract even better role players, maybe possibly another another Dinwiddie or even a better version of a Dinwiddie that can that can score uh, on like a Brunson level and um, really help support Luca and Brunson. So they're going to be a team to watch out for in the coming years. Um, and I think the Celtics are too. I think a lot of these teams uh, are. That's what that's what you know. I've loved about this playoffs. It's been all the young teams have shown all the young talent in the league, um, and I think the league's in great hands for a long time. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast. As always, make sure to download, promote it on social media, um, tell a friend, tell your parents if your parents like betting. My I know my dad does. Tell your parents, uh, friends, parents, whoever the fuck. We don't really care. Uh, just download, follow. Uh, And yeah, make sure to tune in on Saturday, but thank you so much for listening and uh, have a great day, guys.